Well, we've reached the conclusion of the 2020-2021 bear season. Welcome on into We Are Regal Radio's 3 and Out series, where we give you our three takeaways from every single Bears game after its conclusion, sort of a post-mortem, and how appropriate right now with the end of the season officially for the Bears now that they were bounced out of the playoffs, losing 21-9 to to the New Orleans Saints down in New Orleans. And boy, oh boy, we got plenty to discuss, but uh, unfortunately, it's just not going to be too dissimilar from essentially what we've talked about all year long so far. And I guess with that, let's go ahead and get started with our first takeaway. And, you know, you look at that uh, game and the Bears certainly had some opportunities. Javon Wims drops a touchdown. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky hits Javon Wims on a terrific pass early on in that game. They get some opportunities uh, with the takeaway from New Orleans and get deep into New Orleans territory. The Bears just couldn't take advantage of their opportunities. And that's yet again another uh, tick, I guess, if you will, for the season tally of the Bears not taking advantage of their opportunities. I feel like we talk about that essentially every single week. You look at uh, going into that fourth quarter, it's still a relatively close game. You know, it's 14-3, to but the Bears just, with whatever opportunities they had in that first quarter, and especially early on in that first half, they weren't able to take advantage. And It seemed like as the game went on, New Orleans was the one getting stronger defensively, getting stronger offensively. I mean, you saw how Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara were definitely huge boosts to this New Orleans offense. And with all the injuries that the Bears had, with all the guys inactive like Roquan Smith, Darnell Mooney, uh, Buster Screen, Jalen Johnson, the defense put up a great fight. And offensively they did some things early on that kind of gave you I think a a little bit of uh, I guess pause thinking that the Bears could maybe challenge in this game because they were moving the football they were getting a couple deep shots early and like I said that Javon Wims dropped touchdown that's one of the biggest plays of the game not saying the Bears would have won had he caught that but certainly you would have saw maybe a closer game. Maybe that would have been the inspiration that the team needed to kind of get through this game and get out of New Orleans with a potential victory. But when you kind of lose your opportunity early and things just continue to kind of stall the rest of the game, it's hard to you know, build a lot of momentum. And it seemed like, as I said, the Saints... They were struggling a little bit early on. The Bears had a really nice game plan early on to try to kind of confuse Drew Brees and Sean Payton with what the Bears were doing defensively. And they were doing some okay things, you know, like I said, offensively, getting those shots. And then you look at uh, some of their problem areas, unable to run the football and only 48 yards on the ground with 19 rush attempts got to do a better job controlling the clock and that's exactly what new orleans did they held the ball for 38 minutes and 58 seconds while the bears only held it for 21 minutes and two seconds uh basically doubled the amount of time that the bears had the football and 
any time. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. If the Bears are getting destroyed in time possession, they just don't have the explosiveness offensively to combat that. So I guess that's kind of the big takeaway here in in this game is just it's the story of the season. When the Bears go up against a good defense, and this has kind of been the story of the Man Nagy era, when they go up against a good team and a good defense, you see the scoring go way down. Way, 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 way down for the Bears. And that's a big problem. Uh, I mean, I'll go ahead and say let's move on to our second takeaway because this is going to be kind of what we're concluding this first takeaway with, and that is simply that the proof's in the pudding. I mean, we've seen now with the Bears going up against Green Bay last week, this week with New Orleans, during that six-game losing streak when they played a lot of the current playoff teams, you look at who they beat this year, and it's a lot of the teams that have dysfunction or are firing people to do either a new rebuild or just because they know that the current people in charge are not getting the job done. Uh, The Bears are kind of in that purgatory sports state where you're 8-8, and and they were that at the end of the season last year and this year. You can definitely beat the bad teams because you've got enough talent across the board and enough depth across the board that you are strong enough to beat down basically any type of bum team. And that's a a solid quality to have as a football team. There was just a few years ago under the John Fox era where the Bears were, they were losing to a lot of bad teams. I mean, they weren't beating anybody, period. So it's definitely positive I guess that you've started beating teams but you see how how hollow of a positive you know step that is yes you have to start beating some of the regular teams and the bad teams of the NFL but if you're not beating any of the good teams you're still just kind of in that same level maybe you get up you know it's kind of like you're in the the low class of the NFL, but you're in the upper low class. And as much as it's nice to be upper in whatever class you're in, if you're not in the elite class of the NFL, it's it's really just hollow. And that's how it feels right now with the Bears that really whatever success they had this year, we kind of know why. It's just they have enough talent to beat those bad teams and they were able to do so but they can't beat the playoff teams. They can't beat the really good teams, the really well-coached teams, the teams that you know, maybe aren't necessarily Super Bowl contenders. But you look at just some of these games this weekend. I mean, Indianapolis put up a big-time fight against Buffalo. That was a team that the Bears looked completely outclassed against. And Buffalo is supposed to be one of the best AFC teams. You know, you look at even the Rams when they... They go to Jared Goff with the injury, and they absolutely destroy Seattle. And it felt like on that Monday night game where the Bears played the Rams, that the Rams just absolutely destroyed the Bears. You know, it, it just, you go across the board. I remember that Tennessee game. The Bears just looked really, really bad against Tennessee defensive uh, defensive unit. And you see Lamar Jackson and that Ravens team just explode offensively after they get their footing in that game. And... They do a good job of containing Tannehill enough, and not that the Bears didn't themselves, but you just see all the examples of game after game that the Bears were in it, 
and it was probably because of their defense, just like this New Orleans game, because of their defense. Special teams is solid, but doesn't do anything big time for you. And, you know, it's okay for special teams to be solid when you've got a good defense and an offense that can score. When you're, you have an offense that's really struggling and a defense that's kind of wishy-washy, you need that special teams to kind of fill that void. And unfortunately, the Bears weren't able to get a play from their special teams. And then you look at offense, just unable to get the touchdowns, unable to execute, whether it's the ball is going through Javon Wim's hands or what did you do the rest of the time? And to only get a touchdown really late in that fourth quarter when it didn't matter at that point. And if you're Mitchell Trubisky, I mean, you got to keep your your team alive, right? Offensively, you got to find a way to get through. And there was this talk going into the game that uh, rumors were being said that Mitch Trubisky's job isn't safe unless he goes on a long playoff run. And that's hopefully those rumors are completely correct because you can't go on a long playoff run with Mitch as your quarterback unless everything else around him is just sensational. I mean, it's kind of like what we were talking about with Nick Foles earlier this year with the Bears, but especially when you compare Nick Foles with the Bears versus when he won that Super Bowl with the Eagles. He had a defense that really could rush the opposing team's passer. He had a really good offensive line. He had weapons around him that were really explosive downfield. He had a play caller in Doug Peterson. I'm not saying he's lights and he's, you know, leaps and bounds better than Matt Nagy. That's not what I'm trying to say. But as a play caller, I think we all kind of agree that Mad Nagy is he's just not very good. And if he is, he's not consistent at it. And you're going to get some very questionable calls or you're going to get some games where you're like, whoa, what's going on here, guy? But regardless of all that, when Nick Foles has everything working around him, he can work. That's how it feels with Mitch. And it kind of the proof is in the pudding again with. In training camp, both of these guys were basically equal. Whenever they got their opportunities with the starting unit, neither was able to really take advantage and make the other guy look really bad or just say, hey, I am this team's quarterback. Look at me just dominating here in practice. So it, it just uh, the story of the year in this Saints game. And I hope if your ownership of the Bears, you're looking and you're understanding that, hey, this isn't some terrible debacle of a team, but this team isn't getting over the hump. And this team is far away from getting over the hump because you can't be a good playoff team if you don't have your quarterback issues solved. And the Bears clearly are going into an offseason where they're going to have quarterback issues. Even if you bring back Mitch, if you bring him back for a year, you've got quarterback issues. If you go draft a guy, let's say you trade up in the top 10 and get somebody, you don't know what you got out of that rookie. You don't know what he's going to be. So you've got quarterback issues. And there's not this quarterback out in the open market that you can just go sign, even if they had the money. So not a great spot to be in if you are the Bears. And ownership should definitely take that into account, that the fact that, hey, there's cap issues. We're getting a late first-round pick. We don't have any options at quarterback in-house unless you like Tyler Bray. We traded for a guy in Nick Foles that's clearly at best going to be a backup. Just things to think about, things for ownership to munch on because if you're just going to bring back everybody and if you're just going to say, hey, we're close, we just got to get a little bit better, you're a little delusional in that thinking, but 
it, it is one of these leagues in the NFL that you can go from worst to first. Things can turn around quickly if you find the right guy under center. So I guess there's still a chance that the Bears could definitely find that guy and move forward. But at the same time, you know that that position has been ignored far too long by your current GM and front office people. And this is a quarterback leagues. What the heck are you doing? So our final takeaway is just kind of seeing what's going to happen. What What is the repercussions of this season, if any? You know, is it just simply Ryan Pace is back, Matt Nagy's back, we're just going to move on from Mitch? Does Mitch even come back? Uh, you know, what's the direction of this team? Because even if you go with the same people, Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, you know, you've got your same front office, same coaching Maybe you make a few adjustments, uh, kind of like last year, you fire some assistants and you hire new guys that Matt's uh, a little more familiar with. Maybe you do that in the front office, you fire some guys, make it seem like, oh yeah, it's kind of their fault why some of these problems have been, so we're going to hire new people that are going to make us better, blah, blah, blah. The point is, a lot can be changed, or a little can be changed, but nobody's going to be blind to the problems that exist on this team. And you are very far behind the Green Bay Packers. And you are pretty far behind the New Orleans Saints. I mean, they've been getting bludgeoned by the Saints over the last year or two. Uh, I mean, anytime they see them, basically, they just get destroyed by them. Especially since Mitch Trubisky has been the quarterback of this football team. And the Saints, you know, they're a good team. They've got a great collection of talent, but they're they're probably not as good or anywhere near as good as Green Bay. I mean, we'll see if they maybe match up, but I definitely think Drew Brees is declining as a quarterback and felt that he was kind of just average for a big portion of that game. But the Bears were just unable to take advantage of those opportunities, and even with that average Drew Brees, they still are bludgeoning you. Uh, I mean... <sighs> You got Ryan Pace from the New Orleans Saints. You, as the ownership of the Bears and the McCaskies, love to gauge the team versus Green Bay. Because if the Bears are close to Green Bay, that means we're doing things right. If we're far away, we're doing things wrong. Well, you're far away from New Orleans and you're far away from Green Bay. And that's where your people are from and that's what your gauge is. A lot's got to change. A lot's got to be figured out. And... Do you have the right guys figuring out? Let's say ownership says that they do. Then what do you do? I mean, is Ryan Pace, assuming he's going to be in charge moving forward, is he get a good grasp on, hey, I really messed up the quarterback position. I really, really need to fix it. And I really need to fix it correctly. Unlike last offseason where it was just, oh, get a Nick Foles and that's it. If we just get Nick Foles, we're good. No, I mean, you got to bring in young players, you got to bring in veterans, and you got to make this an open competition. You got to actually get a competition training camp where you're saying, whoa, that's our guy. That guy is by far the best quarterback that we have in the room. But they don't even have that. And then you go work your way all the way down. You know, there's offensive line issues, there's some positivity there. Maybe Sam Mustafer, the center is a revelation 
you got to figure out some of those offensive line issues. You got to get more depth at the wide receiver spot. You need to get more depth at the running back position. You need to rework this defense. They got to be stronger against the run. And that pass rush, you know, was finally starting to look right in that first half against New Orleans in a game you absolutely needed. But between Green Bay and New Orleans, and you look at, you know, two half or four halves or eight quarters you really only got two quarters of really great pass rush from your defense in two must win type scenario games that's a little concerning i would say overall but regardless of all that you've got to figure out some issues on defense you're getting older you're paying a lot of money there and probably not getting the type of production that you need to get so this is this is definitely an offseason where the Bears, with limited resources, a late first-round pick, they're going to have to do a lot of figuring out. And they've got a lot of areas that they have to improve if they're going to potentially be a Super Bowl contender moving forward. And it's all starting and stopping right now with the quarterback position because you see it with all these playoff teams and around the league. When you've got a guy that can really win you football games, it doesn't mean he's perfect. It doesn't mean, you know, he's Aaron Rodgers all the time. Look at Baker Mayfield. There's a ton of question marks about Baker Mayfield with the Cleveland Browns. He is playing within himself, playing solidly, not trying to do too much, just trying to lead the offense, and they're putting up points. I mean, that's what you need if you're the Bears. You need a guy at minimum that can come in and put up points. Doesn't mean he's going to be great all the time. Doesn't mean he's going to be perfect all the time. Probably going to have some games where you're like, what? That's fine. Right now, you're getting the what games with Mitch, but you're not getting any of those wow. Look at this dude. You're not getting that. Maybe a play or two. You're not getting that all game long. So. It, this post game, or I shouldn't say post game, uh, postseason press conference with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, or just with ownership if they decide to move on uh, from their current regime, whatever it is, that's going to be an interesting final end to the season to hear what the people in charge of the Bears think about this current Bears team. Because if you remember to last year, Matt Nagy was very critical of Mitch Trubisky, said he's got to learn how to read defenses and yada yada. And I guess ultimately it didn't amount to too much change, but you you at least understood that Matt Nagy wasn't blind to Mitch Trubisky's uh, inefficiencies or failures or inabilities. You look at Ryan Pace, he was painting everything with rosy colored uh, crayons and put those glasses on and everything looked all good and right yeah I, we need to hear some honesty from him if he's going to be the one moving forward with the Bears and he's got to really own up to the fact that there's a lot of work to be done here this is not because that's one thing that we learn if you anything from this Bears season is the Bears have some serious issues when it comes to scoring points when it comes to the, being an elite defense when it comes to some of their contracts when it comes to some of their you know veteran players some of their position groups like offensive line like there are major issues across the board on this team and that's why they can't beat good teams that's why they can't beat playoff teams that's why they can't beat the Packers that's why they can't beat the Saints 
They can beat the Texans. They can beat the Lions, even though they lost the Lions. They can beat the Vikings. They can beat some of these bums teams right now in the league, or teams that are so young that they're not ready to win. They can't beat the good teams. Why? Because they got major issues. And if Ryan Pace or anyone at this postseason presser tries to tell you otherwise, they're a damn fool. That's for sure, too.